All right, welcome to another edition of the Sean Mo Hoops Pod. Uh, this time, it, it has been a while since the last last college basketball edition, but in 2022, getting getting back into it, and pleased to have uh, Miles Stevens on. Uh, Miles has been a guest I've wanted to have uh, for a few years now, and for those of you that don't know, uh, Miles Stevens had a very decorated career at Princeton University, um, winning several Ivy League uh, first team all-conference, defensive player of the years, et cetera, and is now in his third season overseas. Miles, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. I, you know, I've heard the list of names, and I'm, I'm glad to add to that. Well, yeah, you know, from uh, we were just talking about it, but from an overseas perspective, it's been it's been Kyle Hines, who's the most decorated American, and and now you. So uh, maybe you can you can uh, you know I know you're working your way up to that up to that level. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's you know 2022, and it was actually I think nine nine years ago. I, d- I just went back and looked at uh, you know from my from my blog when I, I stumbled across. You playing uh, AAU hoops, uh, I think it was the 2013 uh, Pitt Jam Fest. And I think you were either a, fre- I think a so- sophomore going into your, your junior year. I think but so, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, that that day I'd seen uh, Seventh Woods as a freshman and, and Dennis Smith and ended up in this the side gym and was, was pretty impressed with with your game for the Roadrunners. Uh, so I've definitely followed, you know, followed your career through that. But you know, brought up, brought up Princeton and, you know, you had a very strong career there, played with a lot of, a lot of good players, but how did that just kind of four years at, at Princeton kind of shape you as a basketball player? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it shaped me in all, all the ways. I mean, uh, like you said, a lot of good players there. I think, I mean, my, my sophomore year, four players on the court, the four starters were, are now pros that are still playing. Um, so we had a really strong, strong, strong team. And I was able to learn from a lot of guys, a lot of upperclassmen um, that knew what it took to win. Uh, and then again, just the discipline of uh, playing basketball at a school like Princeton. Um, it, it's kind of, that's kind of helped me, you know, even outside of my basketball career. Um, but yeah, Princeton shaped my, Princeton basketball shaped me, me in so many ways as, as a person and who I am today. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Well, you mentioned 2017, so that was your your sophomore year. That was also yeah. the year that you guys went to the tournament. Um, I remember watching the game in Vegas, and uh, I know probably hurts to bring it up, uh, two-point loss to Notre Dame. But yeah. to get there, uh, you, you guys were four and six, and then you, you won, I think it was 19 in a row. Um, yeah, I think we were – closing in on the, you know, like an Ivy League, well, we think we broke the Ivy League record and then uh, we're closing in on some other NCAA records. But uh, yeah, we we had a tough non-conference that year. Uh, we played BYU at BYU um, and other tough road games we had. Uh, but then when Ivy League kicked in, we actually went undefeated the first time ever. Uh, we went 14-0 in the Ivy League and in the Ivy League tournament, we went 16-0. Um, but but yeah, that, that uh, I think that Ivy League tournament I kind of uh, came out of my shell a little bit. And I think that kind of, uh, and that my teammates kind of gave me confidence in that moment. I had a really good game uh, and, and my teammates gave me a lot of confidence and I had a lot of confidence going forward from that moment in my career. And I actually think that that year after that year was when I you know, thought that maybe I could play professional basketball or play basketball at a higher level. I don't think that uh, before that I was, 
you know, I'm, oh, I'm at Princeton, I can use my degree. But after that, I realized, oh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this, I'm good at it. And I think it was something that I think I should look at in the future. Yeah, you know, definitely something I want to touch on with that. But, you know, going to that game, you know, I know for the, the Ivy League has definitely made some some upsets. But, you know, when you look at that, the talent that Notre Dame team had, um, you know, a lot of those guys right now had a little bit of NBA experience, uh, but a lot of them are still playing overseas, Euro League or Euro Cup kind of at the highest levels. And once again, six, you know, 60 to 58, 5-12 matchup, obviously those can go yeah. either way, but how was it like for you just kind of and the team playing in that experience and, and just kind of that, uh, obviously I, I know it was a loss, but how was it just kind of in that yeah. environment for you? You know, the, the NCAA tournament was an, an unbelievable experience. Uh, for one, we were in the middle of uh, midterms. So I know uh, we actually had to have professors fly with us. And, uh, you know, the day before the game, two days before, in like a meeting room, like guys were taking midterms right the day before the game uh, because the professors wouldn't allow them to change it. So we had a lot of, there were a lot of factors. And then the atmosphere, like the, the hotel is decorated, you know, there's free food everywhere. Um, with college kids always love free food. Um, and then the game, it was actually the first game of March Madness on the East Coast at 12. Um, so it was kind of nice to know that everyone would be watching our game. And, uh, it was the most people I think I've ever played in front of. We had, uh, West Virginia fans and Bucknell fans, uh, were waiting for the game after us and everyone's rooting for the upset. So it was, it was a really cool atmosphere to be in. Um, both teams actually, neither one of us played that well. Um, but it came down to a two point game and Devin Kennedy, who's now with the Lakeland Magic. Uh, took a shot at the, you know, to put us ahead and it missed. And, you know, eight times out of 10, I, I'd say he makes that shot, but it just didn't fall that day. But it was an unbelievable experience for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but defensive player of the year in the Ivy League, I think Ivy League yeah. tournament MVP. So yeah. I'm curious at that point in time, uh, you know, I think college basketball has changed a lot since, since then. But yeah. were you – kind of approached at all about you know transferring to larger schools or anything of that that nature at that time not at all okay not by, um, not by anyone yeah I don't yeah. and I don't think I would have I don't think it would have been in my who I, I know I wanted to, to graduate from there and I don't think I would have wanted to you know change that even if it were for a you know a higher conference school or something like that yeah I was gonna say uh, you know obviously now you know <laughs> without having to sit out a year people were changing left yeah, and right yeah, and yeah. sometimes it's a, a good decision other times it's you know it, it's not obviously the the Ivy League has a certain prestige and you know Princeton you're not going to get a better academic uh, education and a lot of a lot of Ivy League guys have done really well overseas um, you know so kind of transitioning you know from from the U.S. To, to overseas, you've been in Germany, Finland, and Belgium. Um, you know, playing at the the highest level in Belgium right now. What was what have kind of been you know, or I guess early on, some of the biggest adjustments you had to make uh, to just living and, and playing kind of a different type of, of basketball. Um, I think the European game. Uh, it's definitely different. You notice it right away. Uh, most Americans, when they come over, when they catch the ball and try and rip through, they travel. I remember my first game in Germany, I traveled four times. And uh, the next week, I had to go in early with the coach and work on putting the ball down first because they, they really called it over there. So that's just one thing that I, I knew players, I'm like, you're going to travel when you, when you first come over here. Um, but in terms of the game, 
it's uh it's definitely different it's uh, it's not as fast but but it's really uh it's very physical it's extremely physical um and it's really team oriented in the sense that there's a lot of ball movement like the clock is always uh, worked down later into the shot clock and you're it, mm-hmm. you're always looking for the best shot um i guess it also depends on who you play for but most styles of european basketball are similar to that way and pick and roll dominates the game and you're looking for a skip or you're looking for the roll um so it's definitely a different game but it, it took a little bit of, of adjusting to um but you know with every team and and uh, every player, including myself, like I'm able to find my niche in that team and that style of play. Um, so I've been able to do that for the past three years, which is you know, nice. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in terms of that, no matter what level, it's always, always important. And, you know, you always hear a lot of coaches look at players defensively just because that's harder to kind of teach or, or coach. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's more desire, but had that always been kind of, like and I, you know, one of your favorite parts of the game of just defensively, or how did you, how did that become, you know, such a strong, strong point uh, for you over the course of time? Uh, since my young days in AAU, like sixth grade, seventh grade, I've always been long, lanky, and athletic. So I'd always guard the other team's best player, and like that's really never stopped up until now. Um, and it's, you know, early on in my Princeton career, that became my my mo. Um, that's how I got time on the court in my freshman year um, as a you know defensive stopper. Um, and then my sophomore year, I was given more opportunity in offense, but still that year I won defense player of the year. Um, and and even up into my pro career now, like I I, I guard the, I'm the three position, but I can guard one through three. So usually I'm you know trying to stop the team's best player, or, or I can switch. So that's also a big thing. I can switch one through four really. Um, but yeah, just being versatile on a defensive end is really something that's been my MO and, and what I'm, uh, you know, has gotten me a lot of playing time. <laughs> how was well, it, you know, you, you get over for your first year and it's, it's already, you know, the season's begun. So you, you weren't afforded kind of that ramp up period and you're, you're playing with a team where there's only one American allowed per team. And usually that American, you know, big things are expected of that of that person. Um, how, how was the adjustment just, you know, from going obviously a team oriented style at, at Princeton to kind of having to be, you know, the man playing, you know, scoring 20, 20 plus points a game while still playing defense and, and doing everything else. Um, how was that kind of adjustment for you, especially, kind of, you know, almost the middle of the season when you came over? Yeah. I actually think that that experience in, in Germany, uh, is one of the the best moments for my basketball career um, because I was never known as a scorer, a guy that could dominate the game, a guy that would, could dictate the game, like offensively and defensively, um, in that way, so like volume scoring. Um, but when I went over to Germany, I saw that that's what they needed, um, and I felt uh, like I had prepared really well that summer because that was after my senior year. So I was training with pros down in Philly and, and Delaware. Um, then I got drafted into G League and I was at their training camp. And I go over here and they say, okay, well, we need you to, you know, to put the ball in the basket. Um, so I thought that I prepared well. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, it, it came to fruition. Yeah, but uh, it was really good for my basketball career in terms of my confidence and that I could play at a pro level and at a higher level than that. So. Yeah, and, you know, I know you, then you use that to springboard to Finland. Uh, so you went to Finland, won a championship. Um, but how, how was it kind of going from, 
you know, the level of competition where you're scoring 20 plus to, um, you know, definitely I'd say maybe more comparable to, you know, the U S where there are a lot of, you know, they're more Americans and, you know, you got some guys from high major schools, UNC and others, um, you know, so you have three or four Americans on each team. Yeah. Um, how, how was it just kind of making that, that adjustment personally? Um, it was actually, it was actually nice socially to have other Americans with you, uh, just because you can relate to the same thing. So that was first and foremost. And then, um, secondly, I think, uh, the adjustment from Finland and, you know, you could definitely tell definitely a higher level of play. Um, and I think the big adjustment from Finland in terms of like, uh, you know, like scoring 20 plus, you know, 12, 13 uh, for me was that the higher you go, uh, the more everyone falls into a role. So in, in Germany, I was able to do whatever I wanted kind of. And then in Finland in a higher level where, you know, shooters, you shoot, if you, if you're a dunker and a rebounder, you dunk and rebound, and then you kind of fall into these roles and you play out of that. And that's what makes a good basketball team. Everyone knows their role. That's why it becomes they're, they're better teams because everyone is good at what they are good at what they do. So I think that was the biggest adjustment was like finding my role in that team. Um, so, which took and, a little while. It took me, it took me a while as well. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy all these all these years. Um, you know, I think the first year was interrupted by by COVID. Uh, the second year uh you know still dealing with that and 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 isolations and and you know work stoppages things of of that nature um but i know you know on that finland team they had a pretty strong uh finnish point guard who had had kind of a celebrated european career um yeah how how was it you know kind of you know especially here you, you know you can play with guys straight out of school to guys that have been playing for for 16 you know 16 plus years how was it, you know, especially in year two, playing with somebody with that type of experience? Uh, I mean, yeah, that was, he, he didn't, he, that was, I mean, first of all, it was everything. Like, that was an amazing experience just because it was, like, his last dance. He's, like, the top two goats in Finland ever. And, like, everyone was like, oh, you know Tamu, you know Tamu, And it was like, yeah, he's, he's, he's in the locker room every day. But we didn't realize that, like, he's a, a Finnish legend, like, um, so that was really cool. Like his basketball knowledge, he was like a, he was really like a, a coach on the court. Um, so that's like kind of what I imagine like LeBron is like in the court. He knows where everyone's <laughs> supposed to be. If he throw, turns the ball over, it's your fault. Like you're supposed to be there. Like if yeah. he's here, like he, but he's, he was able to see the game like before it happened. They called his, his nickname was the magician and like coming off a of pick and roll, he always found a pass. And it was like, it was a, a, like, like crazy to see how he was able to like dissect the game. Um, after playing for so long. Um, and then his skill level that he could still shoot. Um, he wasn't a bad defender. He wasn't small, but it was really cool. He was a good person too. Um, but it was crazy. Like, I can't imagine playing basketball at 40 years old. That's um, like, uh, unreal. At that, at that level in eight. Like, yeah, you guys did, you know, win the championship in Finland, which, you know, obviously a great, great success. But, you know, for the playoffs overseas, it's, it's not one and done like college. It's more NBA style. Of, uh, I think it differs you know, around every country, but I think they were best out of seven. What was it like, you know, basically having a whole nother season, you know, for the playoffs where you're playing an additional, you know, 15, 20, 20 games yeah, over the course 15 of the games. Yeah. Uh, it was nice because we didn't have practice a lot. We barely <laughs> practice. I think in a series you would practice before the series starts and maybe once in between, maybe. 
Um, but other than that, it was pretty grueling. Like, uh, it's just you have one day in between the first four games. Um, so that's tough. Like, you're going basically back to back, and they're intense games. Like, the playoff intensity really is it's a thing. Like, it, it picks up more physical, faster. Everyone's on top of their game. Um, a lot of passion. Uh, but, but yeah, so we swept the first team in four, but they were all close games. We didn't win one by more than four, I think. Um, so they were all close games. And we played Helsinki. He was basically undefeated. We beat them, actually. Uh, that was a tough series as well. Um, and that went to six. So more games onto the season after that. Yep. Uh, and, and I, you know, I just think it's, it's kind of funny, though. Like, once you get to game four or five, you kind of you know the plays. So they call it a play. You know exactly what's happening. So the game comes down to, like, details, like turnovers, rebounds free throws and and that will really like you can look at those after a playoff game late play and that will tell you who's going to win the game um so that was interesting like you had who's the sharpest team like not necessarily who's scoring more yeah and um you, you know obviously kind of winning winning that championship and and using that to springboard you know back back into the kind of the mainland of of europe and in, in belgium yeah. and kind of once again <laughs> A little bit increase in terms of skill level and, and competition. Um, how has it been now? You know, in your in your third country, um, once again, kind of doing that adjustment, finding your role, and getting used yeah. to another language. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think Belgium has been my favorite country so far. Um, Central Europe, uh, but really central, close to Brussels, twenty minutes from Brussels, twenty from Antwerp. I mean, my dad came out here December. The first week of December, and we drove to Paris. It took it two and a half hours. Um, so it's really central. It's a great location. Um, an easier time adjustment than Finland. Finland's seven hours here, <laughs> six. So it's, uh, you know, I really can't yeah. complain too much. But in terms of the game, like I said before, uh, like you said, there's a, definitely a skill level increase, uh, strength, you know, speed. Um, and so, like, once again, kind of finding finding my role in the team. And then, you know, once I find that role, being able to, like, branch out of it as I've been able to do, you know, the past couple games and, you know, a couple months playing um, and, and and kind of mold my way into a bigger role. Um, yeah, so it, it's been a it definitely been an adjustment, but I think it's been my, my favorite year so far in terms of basketball. And I know, you know, right now I think they, they've taken fans out, but obviously you got that earlier in the year and, you know, no. with any league, there's kind of a wide discrepancy on teams and skill level and budgets. But with Belgium, no. you know, there there's a few ones that have a lot of success internationally, um, Antwerp yeah. being one of them. And you guys uh, have have uh, gone two and zero against them. But how, how was it? What was it like kind of playing a team, uh, you know, at that at that level uh, where where the Americans are, you know, like they maybe have NBA experience, um, yeah, but exactly. also the the Europeans are, you know, at a, at a very high level. Right. So uh, the first thing I noticed, we played Antwerp our second game. The first thing I noticed was the arena. It was like a, it was really nice. Like I've been in Finland and Germany and our uh, third league Germany and our gym isn't great, but they actually had like an arena that was, it was really nice. And I was like, okay, this, I can see, you know, people getting paid here. Um, but we, we ended up beating them. So, so that was really good. That kind of gave us confidence. I think even, I think that was the biggest win of the year because it gave us confidence going forward. Um, and then you, then again, you play guys, teams like Ostend who are undefeated in the league right now. Um, and our first time playing them, we 
we didn't do too bad, but uh, it's interesting playing a team at like like that at their level because uh, they're so methodical. Like you can't really make mistakes against a team like that because they make open shots. They don't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over, yeah. uh, you're gonna pay for it. Um, so it's it's really like a well-oiled machine. They always play the same. Like it, you know, they're beatable as all teams are beatable, but, but you're, you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to, they're not going to lose themselves. So those guys are like uh, playing and seeing that level of basketball for the first time was really, uh, it was kind of eye opening. Like, okay. This is high level basketball. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, uh, in terms of some players on, on their, on their team, Phil Booth, uh, that's obviously a name that uh, people know from yeah. Villanova and, and kind of playing in the G league and a little bit, a little bit in yeah. the NBA. Um, who, who have been, you know, some of the top players you've you've played against uh, while while overseas? Um, the top players, well, I mean, I have to go to Ostend. I think they're they're starting three. His name is Levi Randolph. He played. Hmm. He's actually really in his prime right now. Uh, I think last year he played in Australia, um, and he's really good. Like, uh, I was guarding him playing good defense, and he had like a quiet seventeen. Um, but it was just like, he didn't really miss a lot of shots and he didn't take extra shots. And it was just like, it was very efficient. And he, he always plays like that. Um, even when he played in the second time uh, in the scrimmage. But uh, I think he's good. Phil Booth's also really good. Um, I think everyone everyone knows that he's, he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, a lot of the, you know, there are some people that have, you know, surprised, surprised me in the in the Belgium League as well. Um, some bigs are, are pretty good here. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely good competition out here and every, you know, you gotta, you gotta be on the lookout because, you know, they really know someone could give you 20. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. You know, it's always interesting to see where people end up and, and then how they, how they do, um, you know, I guess off the court, what were some of the biggest adjustments or just maybe some things that come to mind of like, wow, this is, you know, whether it's food or, or anything like that, where it's so different than what you were used to. Uh, right off the bat, you have to pay to go to a bathroom in a lot of places. The public bathrooms are, they're not free. Water is not free at restaurants, um, which kills me. <laughs> um, uh, time difference is one thing you have to get used to because I'm always like, wake up, look at my phone, my, everyone's sleeping. Um, going to the, the, the grocery store, sometimes they're difficult. Um, trying like just today I actually asked I was asking someone about some peppers to see if they were hot spicy peppers or not because I can't read it um and then on in the in Europe everything like the country shuts down on Sunday like n- nothing is really open grocery stores if you don't have food on Saturday you're not going to grocery store on Sunday um so that's another thing that I have to get used to like you there's nothing to do on Sunday nothing's really open um but yeah, just a lot of little, little things like going into a restaurant or area and not understanding anything around you, just like mm-hmm. being in your own little bubble. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of funny little things, like things that are lost in translation, like talking to someone and they're not understanding me. And then like, do you speak English? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so it's a, it's a lot of little things like that, that you just have to get used to. Like, oh, this is interesting. But uh yeah. Well, speaking English, I mean, how, how does it go for, you know, on the court uh, with, with the coaches um, in terms of is, does everybody speak English or how, how does that kind of communication work on the court? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So everybody, everybody speaks English. Um, the coaches, the players, 
uh, you know, if the Belgian players or the national players are talking to each other, they'll speak in their language. But in general, if they're speaking to the team or to us, they'll speak in, in English. I remember when I was in Germany, I had a Russian. He was, a, he was from Russia. And so he spoke really bad English. Like I couldn't really understand him. So he would say something in the huddle and then the, you know, someone would have to translate it to me in English because his English was so bad. So that was, I was like, I was thinking my first year, like, is it, is it going to be like this every year? Um, but no, my coaches, you know, most people, everyone speaks English. And you mentioned kind of the, the time difference. So obviously a lot of time is, is taken up in practice or the, the weight room, et cetera. But what, what kind of, what do you kind of do to keep, keep busy um outside of outside of that yeah uh video games i have a playstation 5 right behind me <laughs> uh you know a lot of netflix watching show i mean i think we just uh, pro basketball players binge the most because you have so many hours during the day where you, you don't want to do anything because you have a practice later but you have two hours in between boom i watch over two hours um watching a lot of tv uh i try to read but i've been distracted with i've been watching the sopranos so i haven't been able to read <laughs> read read lately um but yeah you know not too much in the free times on the weekends you know we used to hang out with our teammates uh, but everything's closed because of covid so there's nothing really really to do on the weekends anymore here so hopefully that'll change later but i don't know yeah obviously it, it uh, keeps keeps going and, and going um but I guess kind of final final question. So two 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 and a half years in, but what do you think the future future holds for for you basketball or just kind of other general interests you you might have down the road? Yeah, I mean basketball. I mean I'm 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 gonna see where this the road the road goes. Hopefully keep going up. Um, I mean that's the goal. Being better, warmer, nicer places. <laughs> um, but like I said, I can't complain about Belgium. It's really nice here. Um, and just in, in general, um, I, whenever my career stopped, my plan has always been to go to law school. Mm. Um, so if I know my career is winding down, like one of these summers, I plan to take the LSAT when I, you know, if I know it's going to be my last year or something during the summer. So, you know, I can dive right into that. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's down the line. Like that's not in my at least what I think is in my near future. You never know what's going to happen. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely. I mean, obviously a lot law schools, no, no joke, but you graduated from Princeton. Yeah. So, you know, it shouldn't be, <laughs> it shouldn't be, yeah. be too bad then. Um, but, but no, I just, you know, just wanted to use this time to, to learn a little bit more about you and, and the journey. Uh, Cause I think it is pretty unique, uh, you know, playing, playing overseas and, you know, just such a different, way of life and sure. some people love it and other people you know it's, they just they they're not able to adjust and it's not not right. for them so you know i know everybody is is different but uh yeah was curious about your journey and princeton time as well as overseas so thanks for for coming on and definitely best of luck to you over the over the course of the season in belgium yeah no problem thanks for having me it was great to you know i like sharing the experience as well so it's nice to uh, you know talk to somebody about it so thanks for having me perfect well this wraps up another edition of the shamu hoops pod with miles stevens uh one of the top small forwards over in over in belgium and looking forward to connecting further in 2022